Welcome to Mindspace Minimal. We're your hosts, Daniel Ryan and Jessica Yatrofsky. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We hope you enjoy this episode. today's installment of hypnosis in film i made a very big mistake and begged dan (laughs) to watch the movie trance for our next episode um trance 2013 it's it's true that i even tried last minute i was like hey what if we watch this instead what if we watch that instead we don't have to do it no man no i was like i'm doing it i'm watching this bad movie truth be told i started watching this film at some point Hmm. and didn't finish it and now i know why so Mm -hmm. please give us a synopsis so here is imdb's very brief synopsis a fine art auctioneer mixed up with a gang joins forces with a hypnotherapist to recover a lost painting as boundaries between desire reality and hypnotic suggestion begin to blur the stakes rise faster than anyone could have anticipated actually that last sentence it's a pretty good explanation of my life as boundaries between desire, reality, and hypnotic suggestion begin to blur, the stakes rise faster than anyone could have anticipated. So true. There's more than just stakes rising in this movie, if you know what I mean. Woof. Yeah, trance is a well, trance 2013. Yes, there's if you quite a film. If you type in trance, you there, get back a lot of stuff. No, but there was something like in 2019 or 2020. Oh, yeah. Like a an Indian film. Yeah. Stuff before that, too. I don't remember exactly what, mm-hmm. but television shows and made-for-TV movies and stuff. What do you think this got on Rotten Tomatoes? Well, I, I cheated and checked the Metacritic. I didn't oh, look okay. at the Rotten. Okay, Because I have it here. I just wanted you to guess. I'm curious. Well, I, I, it has gotten more positive reviews than I would have thought of. It's definitely, I've noticed, a very, very mixed reception, but I would anticipate... And I don't mean, you know, I want to temper this early because there's so much talent in this movie. Mm -hmm. One of the overwhelmingly just confusing things about this to me (laughs) is the amount of talent that you have here. Danny Boyle as a director, he's not like my favorite director or anything like that, but he's made some great movies. Like I think a very talented director. James McAvoy, I out and out like as an actor. Rosario Dawson, Vincent Cassell, great actors. Yes. I'm I'm all in. Three of like the sexiest good-looking people in my opinion yeah. as well. Why did they do that? Anyways, okay. So the Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes 68 on the tomato meter. Okay. Which I thought was kind of like high. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a 62 was the audience score. Okay. That's Sounds about right. Yeah. And it says as Stylish as ever, director Danny Boyle seems to be treading treading water mm-hmm. with the surprisingly thin written trance. But for fans of Boyle's work, it should still prove a triply entertaining distraction. If you're trying to shoehorn the word triply into your review in the first place, yeah. I think he mm-hmm. meant like maybe those three actors. <laughs> I well, I mean, is it is it ref- now I'm genuinely confused. I thought uh, it meant like trippy. Does it mean like I on, don't know. on a trip? Does it mean... It should still this... <laughs> prove a triply entertaining distraction. All right, moving along. 
Okay. I don't I, know. I would I would give it like a fifty five personally. If I were going on a hundred point scale, yeah, just to put it out there right now. There needs to be a Jessica scale because if I'm asking, wait, what happened? Wait, what's wait, huh? Wait, stop that. Mm-hmm. Wait, pause that. Wait, did she do that? But what is this? If there's a lot of that going on, which I do do that in movies, I'm that annoying person. Because also when you're at the movie theater, I know we're not in movie theaters anymore. Maybe we'll never be again. The screen's so big, sometimes I miss shit going on. Oh, sure. I'm like, oh, what happened over there? Like, you know, 700 feet away from me. So, but with this movie, watching it on a smaller screen at home, obviously, I'm looking at it and I'm missing stuff. There was so much confusing things going on. And when I first went to rent it, I thought it was strange, first of all, that I had to rent this. Yeah. I'm holding back saying piece of shit, but I'm I'm upset (laughs) that I had to rent this because it was streaming somewhere at some point, I think, Mm. somewhere. But um yeah, and you asked me, you're like, do I have to rent this? It is it is yes. It is somehow beleaguering to Mm -hmm. pay money for it. Yeah. Sarah, my wife was Did she watch it with you? No, no. She was laughing at me though. She was because yeah, she was laughing at me because I took her to see this in the theater. <gasps> Stop. Because I'm a hypnotist. <laughs> and I was interested oh, no. in this new movie Danny Boyle did with hypnosis in it. And every once in a while, I mean, as we are here doing this podcast, the subject is interesting to me. I've been following it all my life in media, you know. So I, I took Sarah to go see this movie, which oh, was no. obviously god awful. And and she's laughing at me she's because like, I, I paid for it you. twice. <laughs> Because I had to rent it again oh, to watch, no. oh, that's to watch funny. the, the yeah, full cir- this garbage Full fire. circle, you got fucked. That's right. <laughs> like, that's right. Trance got me twice. <laughs> um, so, okay. When you go to rent it, this is what's fucked up. The first line in the movie synopsis says, from Academy Award winning director Danny Boyle. Yeah. So they get you there. This is a worthy movie of oh, seeing yeah. rent this movie. And it says, you know... Slumdog Millionaire. And the celebrated director. Yes. And I was like, okay, it can't be that bad, right? I'm like, we're doing this. So it opens by starting how (laughs) they explain the protocol for robbing, robbery. I mean, it opens. It opens. It (laughs) it opens. And they, so James McAvoy's character starts by explaining the protocol for a robbery if one were to happen during an art auction. He seems to be doing it in a trance state though, doesn't he? Kind of, yeah. And he's also basically narrating at the same time. Yes. And it has, I'm going to go ahead and describe it. This is just how it hit me. It has this Oh, it hit. Smug tone to it the whole time that's also supposed to be in a trance. So he's like simultaneously submitting or we're given the idea he's in hypnosis and also narrating to us, the audience, a heist. And the whole thing, just in my opinion, doesn't work. (laughs) And a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're going to get into like more of the hypnosis stuff, but I... So... Vincent Cassell mm. is like my, f- he's so hot. He's I know, uh, you don't care about this, Dan, but no, I, I actually I watched so another hot. movie. Ocean's Twelve was on, oh, and he's awesome in that. I mean, so like he had the that. sequences in that movie, and Steven Soderbergh, another genuinely <laughs> stylish director. They should mash those two up. So okay, in this movie, Vincent Cassell is st- is the one stealing the painting. It's true, 
And I'm like, why couldn't he just go like from Ocean's Eleven and go under the laser sequence again? Yes, like he could have just done that and been done with this Very memorable sequence. Because this movie was like, you know what was so funny too is the pile on that started happening. Like I was taking notes like back in film school days. I actually was taking notes. I stopped less than halfway through because it got so nuts it was like circusy like to to circus proportions so let me ask you a question about how we want to approach this okay. do we want to walk through the plot one step at a time or are we just do we just want to like spoil the whole thing now because this is a whodunit too and we just be like listen there's these three characters and one of them did it and here's okay. what happens at the end well Maybe we can lightly walk through plot a bit because Definitely. I just made like little points. There's some plot points, points we got to hit, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, so Vincent Cassell, Vincent Cassell, he steals a painting during the live auction, right? Um, there's a huge fight in the middle of this paint painting being stolen and James McAvoy gets hit on the head. Yeah. Then, cause, okay, this is just a note, that, that a personal note that I wrote down. So Vincent Cassell, he escapes with the painting in his suit through a pipe down a dusty pipe, right? And he <laughs> pops out into like a garbage yeah. bin. Goya's Witches in Flight, by the way. The painting. Incredible painting. Yeah. Which they keep calling Witches in Midair, which I wonder why they changed the Interesting. name. It's like, did you guys not get the rights or something? I didn't even catch that. I mean, I, I just, I Googled it. I'm not okay. the art historian who caught well, that. I but studied I art history, curious. so I should be you know punished well, later there you go okay so he gets out and he's not dusty at all which is of oh, course yeah. like oh, vincent yeah, cassell no. is always going to be looking yeah. like primo actually like, the clothes are one of the few things i would say is worth watching in this movie everybody looks great yeah definitely. they look great they're dressed great like uh, whoever suited all three of those people um so he gets out and then like the paintings in a shopping bag mm. so sick like amazing amazing like heist moment yeah then i have here okay and then he gets the painting back to their headquarters or their apartment. And they see that James McAvoy has handed them a frame with no painting An in empty it. empty frame. Where is the painting? Here we go. So they go to James McAvoy's house. So James McAvoy is in the hospital recovering. Which, recovering from... A concussion. And he also, did you catch that in the... Right as the credits begin, after the heist... There's this very quick shot of him having what looks like deeply invasive brain surgery. Yes. He gets like his skull drilled into Yes. And they never touch it again. And this whole thing's about whether or not he can remember something. Right. And, uh, and, you know, hypnosis, memory and hypnosis is its own subject, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. But it's what this whole movie hinges on, which is... I don't know. There's so much absurd stuff. I don't even know where to begin. But yeah, and I do have questions yeah. for you about this. So okay, they so while he's recovering in the hospital, they're tra- the, him Vincent Cassell and his like homeboys. I don't even know what to call them. Thugs. He kept calling them the gang. His gang. His gang of thugs. His gang of thugs are trash the house looking for the painting, mm-hmm. right? Because they think James McAvoy like had time to take it home in his yeah. concussion. Ransacked his place. Yeah. So um, he gets home from the hospital. He gets home from the hospital. It's House is trashed. And then Vincent Cassell and the homeboys come and find him. I shouldn't call them homeboys. What what, what did you the call gang. them? I, okay. I mean, for lack of a better term. Vincent Cassell's crew. 
His crew of criminals. His yes, criminal his crew. crew. They find him immediately, right? So he's, you know, just freshly out of his concussive vibe. And they find him and they start like torturing him, pulling Outright off his torture. fingernails. Straight up torturing him. Like all his Where's fingernails. Where's the painting? Where's the painting? Yeah, he can't find it. He can't find it. He can't it. remember. Yeah, he can't remember. So then Vincent Cassell makes him find a hypnotherapist. Yeah. So this is where it gets really interesting. <laughs> Insert Rosario Dawson. First question for you, Dan. Yep. What did you think about her portraying a hypnotherapist? She has a great voice for it, but again, like five out of ten delivery. Yes, she is the delivery. all she is all here's the thing. She's her character, I should say, Elizabeth Lamb. Which, by the way, there is a friend of mine named Fiona Lamb, who's a hypnotherapist working in London. And Oh, maybe they were Fiona, like modeling yeah, it on. If her. you're listening, was did you have a hand in this? Is it Sheer coincidence that the character's name is Lamb, too, because I thought of you a couple times. Anyway. That would be a cute little nod if that was what that yeah, maybe, was. Yeah, maybe she's friends with somebody on the set. I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, She was talking too fast. Okay, and here's the thing. It was all direct suggestion. It was the most unsophisticated kind of artless hypnosis you could possibly do. Well, you hear the that, whole that's time. Like a deep burn from you. The whole time. This is, this is really... I don't know who I'm burning here. It's This is the question... I'm deeply serious about if I had the opportunity to ask Danny Boyle or the writers or anybody, I'd be like, what was the inclusion about of hypnosis about whose idea was this? Where did it come from? Because, and I guess this does sound, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw out any hot takes here, but I mean, it doesn't feel like it was written by a hypnotist. It doesn't feel like it was written by somebody who actually has an education or awareness of this because it's all, you are getting very sleepy. You remember what it was like. You took your car home. You looked in the box. You looked under the thing. And oh, I'm looking at you and nodding. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all just so goofy and, yeah, and yeah. over the top and heightened and melodramatic. And again, Danny Boyle's style here, the... It's very reminiscent of, you know, I got vibes of Tony Scott and Man on Fire and his great action movies. I got vibes of Guy Ritchie and stuff like this. But like Bobby and I were talking about earlier, it's kind of all of the worst parts of those things. And and none of Danny Boyle's, here's again, his talent, man. I loved 28 Days Later. I I am always into that movie. And so the guy has hits, no doubt. Train spotting was a total moment. So, so yeah, this one kind of just, I feel like it misses the mark. And then, yeah, coming back to the hypnosis stuff, it's it's pretty, it's goofy from the jump. And yeah, because she's like, yeah, it's just, she's it, telling her, she's talking too much. She's talking too fast. And this is me as like a, you know, a client of hypnotherapy. Uh, she's talking too much. She's talking too fast. And she's, it doesn't seem like, it seems like she's got somewhere to be. Well, this is a trope like we're seeing, isn't it? Her voice. This is a trope we're seeing. We've yeah. done Dead Again and On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. And now, what the hell is this movie called? Trans. <laughs> <laughs> you already uh, forgot. <laughs> I'm trying to, like James McAvoy's character. <laughs> the, um, But... Seriously, in each of these movies, and I think this is a total Hollywood thing with hypnosis, as soon as you meet this character, less than 45 seconds later, and you're getting very relaxed and mm-hmm. taking a deep breath and going back into a traumatic memory, and here comes a montage. And yeah. The, you know, and it's it's so 
just kind of abrupt and shocking and not the least I'm again kind of artless in yeah. my opinion I, I feel like cinema itself does so much of what a hypnotist is trying to create in a session filmmakers should be inherently good at doing some of this stuff and I, I feel like it's it's becomes so kind of ham-fisted and I I honestly I I don't know what it's about, but I think it is has a lot to do with just how touchy and strange of a subject hypnosis is, which I do as somebody who works with it and loves it. I Nobody agree. Nobody understands strange. it. It's like yeah. no one understands it. And what's so strange about it is that filmmaking and certain films are inherently hypnotic. Right. They use like you know, hypnosis in the films, yeah. like in, in all of these cool Capturing ways. people's attention, guiding them on a story, yeah. editing as an emotional experience, you know, yeah, the, so the next scene, the next cut and all I that. I was going to say this later, but I'll say it now. I have some advice for Danny Boyle. <laughs> um, Mr. Boyle, sir, um, this movie didn't make a lot of sense. We'll get into some of the reasons why, yeah. but... Um, if you wanted to make a movie like this, you needed to watch Memento or Irreversible. And then you would have, um, made this movie properly because it had all the components to be an amazing film, amazing actors. Like, let's not deny that this film was beautiful. Yeah. Like the colors, the color palette, the sets, the clothing, the Dutch angles. Yeah. I loved I agree. all of that. London looked beautiful. Yes. Looking at London the whole time made me miss London. Yes. Yeah. So that was awesome. Okay, but I have a question for you about Please. trance. Um, so she, there's in the film, they show this montage to kind of like introduce you to Rosario Dawson's uh, hypnotherapist yes. character, where they show her like over and over again, like hypnotizing different people about like, you know, weight or anger or anxiety and da da da. And they're showing it so fast. And some of the patients they're showing, like they're, the patients have like their eyes open, like it's like clockwork orange. Uh, do you ever hip- hypnotize or put people into trance and they keep their eyes open? Sure. Rarely. It's not common. But hypnosis and trance, as you and I have talked about many times before, completely natural state of being and attention. And one of the biggest misrepresentations and misconceptions of hypnosis is that the hypnotist puts trance into things and takes it out of things and that you know it can be kind of activated or, or placed in places mm-hmm. when hypnosis is just always in our attention kind of happening in the background when we're looking at screens back to movies when we are paying attention to a film screen we're in a deep trance of hypnosis mm-hmm. if it's a great movie so is it is proportionate the so depth of the trance it's a great hypnotherapist you can keep your eyes open well <laughs> what i mean i would i would say actually it has more to do with the subject and the mm-hmm. person some people are more visual there's a lot of inductions that are involve eyes open and then closing and mm-hmm. then opening and closing and then opening them again and closing them again so there's a lot of things that can be done to change state simply by using eyes open versus eyes closed. And you know, there's a technique called infractionation, which uses a lot of that. So uh, so anyway, to answer your question, yeah, it happens. I don't know if you remember this, but when I first started to, to see you mm. as a client, I remember I was so 
I was having anxiety in general because I started seeing Dan for fear of flying. But obviously we weren't in an airplane in your office, (laughs) but we were recreating that scenario. But what I thought was interesting is like just the anxiety of seeing a hypnotherapist, right? Like that's in play too. And I remember I had problems like closing my eyes at first because I was just like uh, fluttering. And then I don't know if you remember this, but then I started just covering my eye. I brought face masks to our sessions. And then until I just like kind of didn't really need it anymore. But uh, I think I always, I think I would always continue to do that because then there's no pressure. My eyes can be open or closed and I have the little mask on. That's very true. I like an eye mask for the same reason Mm -hmm. that it just kind of takes the power out of my hands to an extent and I don't need to focus or think about my eyes. Not that I'm thinking about them that much when mm-hmm. I'm doing that. So would you wear an eye mask and then the client wears an eye mask and <laughs> you guys can both go into trance? Hey, sometimes that happens basically with Zoom calls these days. Oftentimes <laughs> we're both on audio for the practice, so I can't see what's oh, going on. Oh, thank God. Sometimes. So back to this Trash Fire movie. Yes. Okay, so she... So Danny, or what's his name? Uh, Fuck knows. James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Okay. Which I thought his body was in like decent shape in this movie. And then I was uh, sadly informed that he's even in better shape now. And I was like, whoa, well, I would have taken him at this kind of like mid shape stage. Um, So yeah, this is right around, I think, when he starts becoming professor x yes, which is a great period what, in his career that's what was pointed out to me yeah. um amazing professor hot. x by the way for mm-hmm. my fellow comic book nerds so so he picks out rosario dawson and starts seeing her and they're like recording the sessions because they want to find out where this painting is yeah, so can i jump in here sure so hypnosis and memory yes strange bedfellows a uh, common thing will be people coming in to remember where they left something. You know, he uses a set of keys as a ruse at first, mm-hmm. but the keys do end up playing a part. And, you know, so finding objects and stuff like that. And, of course, repressed memories, traumatic memories, things that may or may not have happened. On our best and clearest day, memory scientifically has been proven to be a pretty unreliable narrator of events and that we don't carry with us a static retelling of anything that took place we have an emotionally curated cognitive experience of this is what i recall to have happened from this perspective And, and we will generally with great clarity remember how we felt about it we won't have such clarity with the actuality of what went down or how much time everybody's different too you know uh, some... unless you're a libra rising <laughs> thank you yes okay. there are exceptions like me. asterisk i'll remember everything you said so watch out there you go and i that goes double for my wife so mm-hmm. yeah Uh-oh. so memory selective <laughs> memory selective so okay wait so all this is a way of saying that memory and hypnosis to use hypnosis to retrieve memories you can get to in the positive cases and the successful cases you can get to if not the memory itself because sometimes there are you know positive results and it's just what you go out and set set out to do there you accomplish short of that you can get to some kind of emotional or, or uh, psychological new perspective on what took place, taking what's useful from an event and leaving the rest or gaining some new 
insight into what took place, but we're not using a time machine to get back to anything. So all this as a way of saying this, this premise made me roll my eyes, mm-hmm. you know, Very that hard. much more for this reason as they're coming in, as he's being tortured and extorted to go see this hypnotist yeah. for uh, memory retrieval when that process is only so reliable to begin with. If you just Googled it, you'd get all these court cases that say it's not reliable. Has anyone ever come to you and been like, I lost my, you know, passport and I can't find it? A couple people, yeah. Can you help them with that? Yeah, mostly I've, I've had successful results. But one of the first things we do is talk about what are the specifics? Just how, when was the last time you saw it? Where do you think it was? There's a big difference between I saw my passport three days ago and I can't find it, it versus like her, her I husband may or wife versus I may something may have happened to me as a child decades ago and I don't know if it did or didn't and I'm mm. looking to uncover that. That's those are two very different things. Yeah, that's not look. I lost my wallet. Right. <laughs> okay, so once she starts seeing him as a patient she figures out really quickly that they're in cahoots like with these the, yeah the, she spots a mic on him i think yeah like he <laughs> the whole the criminal crew's like in a van outside yeah. listening to his hypnosis sessions yes and then she like gets up in his mic and is just like i want to talk to the people yeah you know and so then she just cuts in on a deal with all of them right for the away painting right away she is she's all in She's like, listen, I want a piece of the action. Yeah, well, you, you I'll thought help I you. was, you thought I was some benign therapist. Yeah, I am here because I, I am fucking in. Yes, you think you're a criminal? Watch out. And so, how do you feel about her definition of hypnosis? Twenty minutes in, she says hypnotherapy is a means of altering unwanted dysfunctional behavior, and that we keep secrets from ourselves, and we call that forgetting. Yes, thank you for remembering that. I wrote that down too. I don't mind the first part. I disagree with the second part. The first half of that idea is fine. It's neither exceptional or great or mm-hmm. or bad. It's fine. Second half of it just feels like Hollywood to me. Mm-hmm. Forgetting, you know, the stuff we don't hold on to isn't just forgetting. You know, the it's a very necessary part that the brain have a trash bin just like our computers do, mm-hmm. you know? So that forgetting, it's not you know that frame just makes it sound like it's some unnecessary or uh, malfunctioning part of our cognition we're actually letting stuff go is a pretty important function right that as if we literally store everything yeah and you know to use a metaphor it's just a limited capacity in there so we want to the real estate in our brains is very valuable she this talk- is what makes the attention economy. You know, it's like what makes clicks and getting our attention mm-hmm. the prime commodity of our day. What were you going to say? I was going to say she made some reference, I think, that at some point during the movie, I didn't write it down, but that it's like you're locked. The memory is there. It's just locked in a cage and you just have to unlock it to get the information out. And I disagree with that too i think like things can be buried and you can spontaneously remember something but i don't think that it's like i guess i don't think it is um what's the word just a stagnant thing sitting there waiting to be discovered i think things move are like moving around and then something can kind of like elicit 
the memory to come back. I don't know. We're, we're getting into weird territory. We should get back to the movie, but, um, well, no, I agree with you. Cause it's all there in your mind. Yes. There are many imperfect metaphors in this movie is, I mean, there's just some straight up psycho babble at, at yes. different points where Elizabeth Lamb, Rosario's character is talking about, again, fuck knows what the human condition or whatever the hell. <laughs> and it just, again, it's just, she's such a great actress it just doesn't land very well you know i don't think it was her fault necessarily it's just yeah it feels really they like flat they paint um james mcavoy in this movie as really um subservient kind of like victim at the Mm. beginning of all this and then he tells rosario after they start working with like vincent cassell's crew he starts saying like he tells her his backstory which is he's a gambler he has a gambling problem and this is why he needed to steal the painting to pay this guy back but now he doesn't know where he put the painting so i was like okay first of all they're always in this like i guess it's vincent cassell's house it's like this neon dungeon workshop yeah it's attached to like a club slash casino slash secret card game and then every time he gets hypnotized, like all the thugs are with them. It's so funny. It would be, it would be so hilarious, actually. <laughs> it's like, what? There's this one scene. Let's just go in on this for one second. Mm-hmm. There's this one scene in the middle of the movie. I know you remember it. They're in the middle of some like black box theater somewhere yes, in yes. London. Like who knows? Maybe some. Maybe one of the guys in the crew hosts an improv class yes, one that's night what a week. It looks you like. know? So they're in this little theater. And they're doing basically a group hypnosis therapy yes. session, which a couple of them and it felt like up regression. At. They're, yeah, they're, these are kernels of truth that are pulled through. There are moments of what looks like it could become regression and then it doesn't. And, you know, but yes, these come up, but it's just hilarious. The conditions and the contexts. And I mean, who could ever take, I know, I mean, this is a rough thing to do with any movie, but it's just like, who could ever take these people seriously in real life? You know, who, who would go see this therapist. Um, well, yeah, I had a uh, thing. I said eth- ethics question mark. Yeah. Yeah. No, good question. All these people are pretty, <laughs> pretty questionable. I mean, the criminals uh, doesn't eth- ethics doesn't play a role, but with Rosario's character, it's like ethics. So why don't we, why don't we go full spoilers here? Okay. We ready? Um, All wait. these people end up being criminals. Like James McAvoy is a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. By the end of this movie, right? His character, I think, ended up kind of being... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He started as a victim, and right. then he was like a megalomaniac, yeah. like abusive... He's murdered everybody, wants to murder everybody. Yeah. He's left Rosario alive, but yes. we're not even sure for what reason. Why? And then she comes back and takes him out. Also, I wanted to ask a quick question before we go full throttle on this full throttle film. Yes. Um. So... She can use an MRI machine and like, what are her credentials? Because. <laughs> yeah, no, totally good so at question. At some point they have James McAvoy is in like an MRI machine and he's, she's showing him pictures. Yeah. And then her Vincent Cassell and her are flirting. Straight up. Straight up flirting. No other medical practitioners or technicians <laughs> around. She's just like. Who in knows where they are. A beautiful facility. She's showing James McAvoy and he's like getting quote electrocuted every time he sees pictures of rosario yeah, we're back to torture <laughs> with the the, the electroshock component 
of this otherwise bullshit test. And seriously, just like scraping through a, an Apple Photos menu, yes, right? showing him pictures, it's and he's going ah, 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 and he keeps screaming. And they're flirting, and then they go and they have sex for yeah. the first time because yeah. he was saying. So Vincent Cassell was saying, "Why? Oh, let me back up for a second. He has her. Vincent Cassell says basically." Go take James McAvoy out on a date and fuck him. Mm-hmm. So you can get that deeper level of trust. Well, she she offers that up, doesn't right. she? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. She's straight up, yeah. Yeah, so she goes, she's just like, you know, I need to do <laughs> deeper work or whatever. Yeah. She goes out and they it doesn't end up happening. He he is thwarted some, for some reason. And so then she goes back to Vincent Gasol and says, well, he needs to be jealous. So like you and I should fuck. <laughs> so they have sex. And the best part of that scene is that he rolls over after they have sex and he goes, so do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And then I literally wrote a note. Okay. I wrote this down. I said, I want more close ups, and I want more gratuitous nudity. Okay, because I thought I wasn't going to get it in this film after seeing that, like, kind of like la di da sex scene. After that, boy, ladies and gentlemen, and other people listening, um, there is so much gratuity, gratuitous. There's so much uh, nudity in gratuitous fashion yeah. and uh, full frontals. <laughs> That I was like, whoa, I manifest, I, I manifested that. I wrote it down. I said, you did it. I said, I want more close-ups and I want more gratuitous nudity. And then all of a sudden I just started seeing like bodies and sex and full frontals and yeah, wow. Be so careful stuff, what you ask for, right? It gets really out of control, um, but also really exciting. So um What is what is your take on Rosario Rosario's character? What's your take on Elizabeth Lamb? What's your take on the sexual stuff with her? As a woman? All of the above. Any, just any opinions. You know what? I actually think it's a pretty accurate representation of like how women can use their sexuality and not get attached. How Hmm. we're often sort of um, stereotyped as we have sex with people and we get attached. And she's not really functioning like that in this movie she's functioning like most of the women in my life where it's just like you can have an interaction with this person you can have an interaction with this person and you can go on about your day and you're not just like oh no you know she actually she defaults back to her professional position constantly she's like well i'm fucking everybody here now but yes and she's getting as a hypnotherapist talk about like having your cake and eating it too it's like she's also so manipulative in this movie which is kind of exciting because she's not not a good look for hypnotists no 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 for any kind of therapist (laughs) but the thing that i like about it is that she doesn't play a sex pot kind of character agreed she's just like a professional she's very beautiful yeah in fact she's like the psychological mastermind yes in many ways yeah you know oh god in terms of like describing what what happens like through the rest of this film so allow people me. don't see it and we can just like tell them yeah. what happened yeah what, there, do you, what else do you have there are so many moments 
of inappropriate feelings and emotions and responses throughout this movie. I don't even know. Wait, can I can I say something else? Please, yeah. So, after she has sex with Vincent Cassell, right? And he gets James McAvoy gets upset because one of the thug guys goes and tells James McAvoy, "Hey, you know, they just had sex." And he runs to Rosario's house. He pushes her down, forcefully kisses her, and then so that's is clearly what she he needed to to provoke him to have sex with her now. Right. And then she goes, wait, hold on a second. Like they're kissing on the couch. She pushes him off and then she leaves for a second. She comes back and that's when we see the full frontal. She's fully nude, full frontal. They do a scan of her full body and she's like beautiful and amazing and like just goddess. And they show her body and he goes, how did you know? And she goes, I, I or something like, she goes, I knew this is what you wanted or something. And I'm I'm thinking that's weird because it's like every guy wants a full naked woman. So like that wasn't like a special thing. It's not like she came out with a garter belt on or like, you know, or heels. It yeah. was like she got fully nude. She just stood in front of him fully nude. And he was like, how did you know? Do you know what she was referring to there, though? Or what he was referring to? This is only going to make this more uncomfortable. OK, OK. Just she was referring to the fact that she was totally shaven. What is that? If, if, what it was? Because I, I, I did it's, notice that it's so fucking uncomfortable. And this is again why I'm like, I, I this is precisely the situation I personally didn't want to get into. But uh, but it's just like, so if we went back and watched the movie, there are these reveals all having to do with the Goya paintings too, and all mm-hmm, the nudity mm-hmm, in the paintings. Mm-hmm. And there's some again, it's very kind of like Tony Scott cut together very quickly. But there's this montage. Going to the end, again, full spoilers. James McAvoy's character, Simon, and Elizabeth had a full-on relationship. They had like a torrid affair mm-hmm. after he went to see her as a patient. This is it's just so batshit crazy. I mm-hmm. fucking hate this. Um, they go, had a whole relationship that she wiped from his she mind sunshine through her super hypnosis. Mm-hmm. She's, there's just one line where she decides to pervert the therapy mm-hmm. as if they're, they're like... If having a full-on affair, are they still having sessions? What, yes. are, what are you accomplishing in these sessions now? But I'm saying also after the the thing, this is one question I did have about that, is that when they started having the affair, why is he still getting care from her? Yes. Because but we gotta like, we gotta focus on okay, okay. the whole shaven thing. Okay. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Because it's fucking awful. And I don't wanna leave it there. Don't wanna leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So <clears throat> So they had a whole sexual relationship beforehand, which I don't want to go tell you to watch this fucking thing again. But again, there's like this whole tiny little explanation of that's the context for that moment mm. of whatever they say. I knew this is what you wanted. Yes. How did you know? And it's, it's all just so fucking weird. And again, yeah, I, I, I at the end of the day, Rosario's <laughs> character is absolutely the psychological mastermind at the end. She seems she's pulling all the strings. She sends Vincent Cassell's character a video at the end. She's got the painting. She's mm-hmm. smiling and happy. She still looks great. She, maybe she's moved on to a new relationship or profession. But yeah, this whole thing with her and the sex and everything. Okay, I have my hands on my hips now Yeah, because I have some... Now you need to go back and watch it again, right? Now you got to go and be like, what the fuck is that about? I've got 24 hours more because it was a 48-hour rental. So my question is that, okay, there's this scene where she gets in a van at the end and she, 
first of all, they're all killing the shit out of each other towards the end of this film, trying to get at this painting. It gets crazy violent. The ending is very violent. Mm-hmm. Vincent Cassell is nearly burnt alive in a car. Yeah, and then it's the car goes over a thing into the water, and James McAvoy is like standing on top of it. Yeah, he's kind of surfing it at the yeah, end. Yeah, he's but he got, surfing but the he burning got, car. He got pinned in between it right beforehand. But did he die? I think yes. Okay, so okay, and then that makes sense. So what I thought was really Trance interesting. Trance two coming this fall. Oh my god! Please, can yeah. you imagine if they did that? I would totally go out and watch it. Okay, after saying this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, No, you know what's funny about this is that I can't, because I was breaking it down last night and thinking about how, you know John Travolta, right? You know him. Yes, we know him. So he loves acting, right? (laughs) He just loves acting. And he's in really shit movies. He's been in some good movies. But I think what I respect about John Travolta is that he just loves acting. That's why he just does all of these projects. He wants to work with certain people and he just keeps doing it, right? And I feel like this was that moment for a lot of those actors where they were like, we love each other. Hmm. Let's do this movie. I don't think they had any idea that Danny Boyle was going to like make this so confusing. So it's kind of, it's it disappoints me on that level that like, all of these people were like, oh, I'm going to work with Vincent Gazelle. Oh, I'm going to work with Rosario Dawson. We're going to work with Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle's like, I'm working with James McAvoy. You know, it's like all of that. And then a a viewer like me, who would be so into a movie like this, is left so fucking confused. He did not do his homework on how to do like timelines, how to organize timelines visually with storytelling. It's very confusing. It's It's super confusing. The fact that I just asked you, did James die? You know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, these should not be unclear things. Right. right. So I had this moment where, so when the stuff was getting out of control and like the things on fire, we find out at some point James McAvoy thought he, he she fucked his head up real bad, and he actually started thinking that this other woman that he was encountering was Rosario. And he chokes her to death and puts her in the back of a car, kills her. And that's where he puts the Goya painting. Yeah, super gruesome. Very, again, Yes, violent. and gets super violent. So they're all in this red car at the end of the movie. A red Alfa Romeo. Yes, and that's where the car gets set on fire because like now all of a sudden James McAvoy is just like, oh, he's the criminal, not Vincent Cassell. Let's not forget, though, they have time and do a hypnosis session right here. Wait, remind me? They're in the Alfa Romeo. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the best part. It's it's <gasps> absolutely insane. Vincent Cassell has been beaten with a fire extinguisher <laughs> <laughs> and and sprayed in the face with said fire extinguisher. And now he's zip tied to now, the car. And his hand is zip tied to the steering wheel of a car that will be set on fire and in mere he's minutes. And driving. And he's driving. And Rosario is, is in shotgun, right? No, no, she's in the back. She's seat in the back seat with McAvoy, and he's like, ah. oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what he's saying. He's all and, insane. And then she reveals their relationship, and actually, that was the most emotional, moving part of that movie for me because I was like, that was oh, I'm getting chills. Oh, Trance gave me chills. <laughs> nice one, Trance. Um, that's a very eternal sunshine moment, and it's sad because also there's abuse in it. So then I have like a really weird reaction to yeah. that aspect of it. We see McAvoy's character become possessive, jealous, and violent before the movie began. You know this whole background story that, again, she wiped from his mind mm-hmm. using amnesiac hypnosis. Yeah, eternal sunshine's him so that he forgets 
their entire relationship. And it's and that made me so sad. It made me angry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For I bet the same reason, just a different response. Yeah, it just it was so sad as a woman too because it's just like you do give people chances over and over and over again. But then she <laughs> fell you're laughing at that. Well, or just like I'm laughing because we're empathizing with these fucking idiots. <laughs> you know? Well, the funny thing is is like I love this one part. I just want to go back for a second. Like what before he gets all of the ammunition to to take Vincent Cassell into the car and kidnap him and everything. He calls her on the phone yeah. and he's like, I'm trapped in the house and they're going to kill me because they know I don't know where the painting is. Da, 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 da. And she goes, go up into his room and this is where his room is. This is where his gun. gun. It's just like, she only knows all that information because she's fucking him. So he, so I'm sure James McAvoy is just like, yeah. you know, like, you know, all this stuff. Because- we could, we could, what if this too, or, or poke holes in it too, because if she knows he's so violent and she's, she just turned it on for him. Yeah. I mean, she's taken him to a gun yeah. too. I mean, I guess, like, again, it's unclear to me. Is she yeah. doing this because she wants these things to happen? Is she doing this That's what because I'm confused it's an accident? About. It's like, and then she know. took the bullets. So the gun has no bullets in it. And he, you know, they figure that out. Yeah. And then Vincent Cassell goes like, ha ha, doesn't have bullets in it. And he puts it in his, you know, pocket or wherever you put your gun. And then she actually has bullets in her mouth. And before they separate all of them to go and find the car with the paintings and all this shit. She has bullets in her mouth and she goes and gives James McAvoy this passionate kiss, passing him the bullets, which I'm just like, well, that's oh. a great scene. See, I missed that. Oh, that was a great scene. She I, gives saw, him- I saw him spit out the bullets. And I was just yeah. Like, oh, I guess so, he had them in his mouth. Whatever. So that cringy, weird kiss that yes. happened. Yes. And, and everyone in the gang crew were like, what the fuck? Yes. Yeah, like, we're you. about to go. We're, right. we're doing murders. We're doing robberies. We're doing kidnappings. What's with the kissing in the middle of the scene? It was yeah. very bizarre. I do now, remember the awkwardness. Yeah, so now you know why. So yeah. he spits the bullets in his mouth, and then before they leave to go, uh, we already spoiled the end of what happens, but before they go on this journey, all three of them together, they originally were going to separate Rosario, James McAvoy, and Vincent Cassell were going off. So as they go off to get the painting, James McAvoy has bullets in his mouth. He has Vincent Cassell in the elevator they're going down but now they hear rosario screaming because the crew is rape is about to rape her yeah so james mcavoy violent stuff t- takes the fire extinguisher hits him in the head blows him with the the extinguisher juice and spits the bullets out puts them in the gun goes back in shoots all the guys and finds the guy that's like right about to rape Rosario and shoots him in the penis. Right. Which right. was very like, I knew it was going to happen when I saw the penis in the underwear. So I just covered my eyes because I was like, I don't want to see that. Uh, you, you look really uncomfortable right now. This is all <laughs> terrible shit. I mean, this is all like, it's a bad movie. So Please she, continue. and she's just like, no, 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 no. Cause he's about <clears throat> to shoot Vincent Cassell and she's saying, no, don't shoot him. Which I was like, interesting, right? Why not shoot him? So anyways, that brings us back to they're all in the car. Rosario is now telling him about this tourist this affair. absolutely absurd session of hypnosis in mm-hmm. the car. Yeah. The absurd. Yeah. He, she's not telling him about the affair. She's guiding him. I don't I, I just like, I. You don't think it, she's telling him too? Like what happened? I think she's doing both. I mean, okay. we're supposed to believe as an audience that it's a session of hypnosis, right? But she's literally telling him about the relationship that they had. Yeah. Which again, even talking about it 
almost makes it sound legitimate. This is all so dumb, like yeah. all of it. The fact that they would be doing hypnosis, the fact, the possibility that it could have any impact. At this point, the only trance you're in is one of such intense survival. Yes. If anybody is zip tied to the steering wheel of your car, having just been beaten. I was just like, and you know what's funny? Your fight or flight response is not going to respond to the hypnosis. I was still confused at this point because he's just like, his face is bleeding, poor Vincent Gasol, which is like, he's even sexy with the blood on his face, right? And he's like driving this car and they're in the back. And then he he keeps like wanting to shoot Vincent. She's like, no, 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 no. And tells him this whole story. Vincent isn't really having a reaction to the story, which we know now is because he knows that they had a previous relationship. So he's aware that they had a, mm. a, a background thing, right? That's know. what I'm to understand. I don't know. I don't. Okay. I'm... We don't know. Uh, don't DM us about it because we don't. <laughs> because right after this, Dan is going to wipe it from my mind, right, this movie yeah. that I ever have seen it. Um, but what I was going to say is that at the end, what I thought was really um, like also moved me yeah. because she loves Vincent Cassell as well. I guess they have like a, an affair because they have an affair too. There's, there's a lot of, there's talk of love at the end, but I didn't buy it or anything. No, did no, you buy it? No. Like, did you actually feel like these people love each other? No, 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 no. But this is what I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And this, I think, speaks to... Vincent Cassell's and acting, I think some of the best acting mm. I, uh, if we're going to talk about acting yeah. now, um, was in the <laughs> was last some, few minutes. No, there was, there, they were, I bought all of it. Actually, so, that's yeah. Yeah, the other performances. The performances are great. I mean, I don't know. Like, again. It was the story. Yeah, I don't know what to hold responsible. There probably wasn't a hypnotherapy coach on set for Rosario. Yeah, that's maybe the only thing. But she's like excellent in every she's scene doing, that she's, she's doing. She's doing the best she can with what yeah. she has. And, and they probably told her like, this is how you do it. And she's delivering. Honestly, lines, that's you know? that's exactly what it sounds like is somebody who has no idea how it's done. Mm -hmm. And then one or two people go, this is how it's done very yes. briefly. And then you just go and do that thing and assume you're doing it right. Because every other scene, I'm not taken out of anything. Like, I'm totally sure. invested in these three Yeah, people. I mean, you play a psychiatrist in a movie. You don't go to seven years of medical school. Yeah, so. <laughs> maybe you should. Um, <clears throat> so she, at the very end, um, we see Vincent Cassell. He um, survived <laughs> being zip-tied to the car. Yeah. He tried. He was, like, hot-wiring the car. The car's on fire. Seriously. He tried so many times to get out of that car. He finally gets out, he I guess. It. And we see that at the end, he's he's like just got out of the pool, you know, and he's like wrapped in a towel and he gets a package yeah. in the post and they deliver it. Right. And he opens it up. It's an iPad with Rosario, which spoils that painting. with the painting. So she's talking on the iPad to him like it's a pre-recorded video with the painting in the background telling how much she loves this painting, how beautiful it is. So we're we now all know she was the mastermind behind all of this because she wanted this painting for herself. And then she has this little thing on it where she goes, if you want to see me again, press, you know, like, don't press this button. If you don't ever want to see me again and want to forget that this ever happened, just press this little button and it's like a it's button on the screen on, the on a little app and yeah. she goes and follow my voice and it's like clouds and it says trance yeah. on it. And then some of the best acting is he's standing like in the kitchen or wherever he's standing with his like hot bod and his like towel. Sweet Wolverine beard. Mm -hmm. he's grown now. And he's kind of chuckling at this because he goes to put and we don't see what he's going to yeah. touch. Right. 
And he goes, then he puts his hand up to his mouth and he's like, oh, oh man, choices, right? And that's where the movie cuts to black. And I was like, that was such a genuine moment, that reaction that he had to that, where it was like, what was he doing before that? <laughs> you know, that then she fucking, you know, delivers this package to him and giving him the option to like be with this crazy asshole hypnotherapist or like to forget it all happened. So what would you do? Would you hit the trans button? I, yeah, actually I would hit the trans button because I'm, a, <laughs> I'm because I'm a hypnotherapist and I'm like, let's see what she's got. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't fucking buy it for a second. Like, take me away. Like, I've, I've seen her operate. She's Calgon, not that take me away. The, uh, so, okay, so this is a whodunit slash heist movie that on a scale of watch it to maybe watch it to don't watch it, I'm a, I'm a hard don't watch it. I put it on a 10-point scale of none to fun. <laughs> nice, I like that. So, and where is it on, on none to fun? Depends how you define fun. Indeed. Um, I would say it's like, I mean, in terms of fun. Is it fun? It's I don't not think it fun. Is. It's confusing. Yeah, I don't think it is. So it's you gotta you have to work too hard to find the fun in this movie. It's maybe a four. You're like you're like the clothes are nice sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's it's under a five, I think, on I, the fun I, scale. I have to agree. I have to agree. But it's it's incorporation of hypnosis. Also below a five. Okay. Also like very hard fail. Okay. Yeah. The only thing we're really rating this on is the fact that um, these people are very attractive. Yeah. Listen, I mean, if you, the only reasons I could see <laughs> why somebody's going to watch movie. this is you're a hardcore McAvoy fan mm -hmm. or you're so into Danny Boyle or one of the other actors that you got to check this out. Yeah. Or you're like me and into hypnosis and movies and want to check that out and, and make you watch it too, Jessica. You know where this film belongs? Where's that? This belongs <laughs> on mute okay. in the background at a party. All right. I thought you were going to say, like, in an H&M. <laughs> no. It just looks like a commercial the whole time in some ways, too. I mean, yeah, it, it is does. Other than the violence. Well, yeah, because they're all wearing that kind of suiting. Yeah. I mean, it's not H&M suiting, but, you know. So what's our next movie in the Hypnosis and Film series? Do we know yet? I think we were going to do The Master. Ah, sad. That, that's one I'm super excited for and I've been waiting for. The Master is mm -hmm. masterful. I mean, it's a great film. It's a great, great film. I very much look forward to watching that again. And I've already seen, I've lost count of how many times I've seen it. And I will watch it many times again. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now can you just be like, three, two, one, forget this movie, Jessica. <laughs> um, <laughs> look into the eyes, directly into the eyes, not God. around the eyes, look into the eyes. I was going to like make a Rosario joke or even joke about the <laughs> hypnosis in the movie, but it's also creepy now. No, I can't. <laughs> um, that movie got real out of control. I I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, I think we're good. You know what? I do have one more thing to say. Final thought. Final thought. This movie is so confusing that it is the perfect 2020 quarantine film. Whoa. Because you cannot follow a fucking thing. And then when you think you're following it, the script gets flipped. You heard it here. That's it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Space Minimal, and we look forward to being with you in the next. Bye. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit MindspaceMinimal.com and email us at MindspaceMinimal at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-P-A-C-E-M-I-N-I-M-A-L.com. Keep it minimal and keep it moving. Thanks again for listening.